Welcome to the Better Business Podcast, a series for those business owner operators who want to create a better business. Here are your hosts, Chris and Mark. Welcome listeners to the Better Business Podcast. Your hosts, Chris and Mark, are here to share some business insights with you. How are you, Chris? Really good, Mark. How are you? I'm pretty good. Not as good as you, though, because I know you're about to go to your favourite country for quite an extended holiday, about which I am massively envious, and that would be Italy. Yeah, I am. And just to make it even more envious, we're tacking on a little bit of Spain as well. Oh, you're really irritating me now. As as timing would have it, we're in Spain for the first two weeks of the World Cup. So hopefully all the English people are either in Russia or in England. Excellent. Well planned. And, and hello to our English friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I was having a little thought about what we would discuss today, Chris. Mm-hmm. And I remembered how often I'd come up against uh, having to deal with people's expectations in business. And while this is not a lengthy topic, it is one that really, really profound, uh, profoundly affects businesses in how they deal with their staff and probably equally or even slightly more important, how they deal with their customers. Uh, as you know, and you've done it, I know, because I've seen you, we have a framework for this, a, a model, a piece of intellectual property, which is bizarrely simple. And I don't know if you've struck this, I'm pretty sure you would have, but when I draw this up on a whiteboard and it's really four squares inside a big square, so a square divided into quarters. Uh, otherwise known as a matrix. That, thank you for the technical term there, really. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you draw it up and fill in the words that go in each one, often people's jaw just drop to the floor and they go, oh my God, that is so simple but so powerful. It is a big topic and, and one that I reckon it's probably one that you and I and, and anyone listening could probably come up with dozens of expectations in throughout their lives where an expectation uh, has either been met or, or exceeded or, or not met. Um, and, and it's one of those ones that we sometimes aren't that aware of, but it's expectation setting is just so powerful if you get it right. And absolute minefield if you don't do it. Is that- absolute minefield, total. And, it, you know, um, it plays out in your relationships or your primary relationship too if you don't, if you don't get things squared away quite well. So um, please, give, please give us an example then, Mark. You seem to be speaking from experience. <laughs> That's a low shot. Well, well you opened it. I did. Um, <laughs> the classic one, and I've fallen into this, uh, and it doesn't happen in our house anymore, is giving flowers on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yep. In that, when you get together before, before I was married with my wife and Valentine's Day came along, I gave her flowers, naturally. Mm-hmm. Not make a big thing of it, but I did it. Well, right then and there, you set the expectation, because it's a diary event reoccurring yearly, that that's going to happen every Valentine's Day. Come the next Valentine's Day, when it rolls around a year later, and you don't do that, you're in for a world of hurt. Yeah. You might as well just be very, very sparse for the day. You might as well just go somewhere else. Yes. 
but you, you do raise a good point, um, Eggy, with the idea that of that annual annual reoccurring um, expectation. So when you look at the the Valentine the flowers on Valentine's Day, and I was very smart. My very first Valentine's Day with my now wife before we were in our courting days, if you like. Um, mm-hmm. I, I actually gave her a cactus plant. <laughs> and, and, that, and that was my um that was my mastery in differentiating myself from the pack so i thought well anyone else would expect to receive flowers when you're getting picked up to go to dinner on valentine's day so i bought a cactus plant and and that seemed to do the job but how anyway, did that go down oh absolutely brilliantly because i, I just picked up that she had uh, a, a few of those uh cacti arrangements in in her um in her house around her house so i thought oh well i'll, I'll buy her something to add to that and it, it i must say it was well received excellent to that point i never give roses no i can't stand them no never can't just, stand them Look, no i don't like them don't you like and i them. you and i have a quarrel oh we do oh fair yes. enough i do like cactus though oh well there you go so there you go i, I could have i could have wooed you as well um I remember um at one point, I had a German motor car for my yeah. sin. And when I put it in to have it serviced, I always got offered the coffee. <laughs> that where you, Mr. Eggleston, would you like to sit down and we'll make you a coffee, blah, blah, blah. Um, and of course, the very time they didn't do that, when I dropped it in, of course, it had the two shortbread biscuits on the saucer with the coffee. Yeah. Possibly the most expensive coffee you'd ever buy. You know, they actually fork out money for it. It's hidden in your service fee. Yeah. And then one time they didn't do that. And I thought, what's going on here? Where's my coffee? Where's the service? Where's the biscuits? Yeah. And isn't, isn't it funny? Your, your whole service experience, regardless of how well and how technically brilliant they were at, you know, getting your car back into a state that it needed to be, regardless of all that, your experience hinged on whether you got that coffee and that shortbread. Pretty much, Lee. Yeah, it's um, amazing, isn't it? But I was, it just, I was just making a point around those annual rituals that we oh, yeah, you were, when yeah. it comes to expectation setting. And it, I think the biggest part of managing expectations, if we look at this from a business perspective, um, like you said at the beginning, there's, there's staff, customers, um, there, there are uh, fellow uh, business owners or directors, and, and any number of other stakeholders in the business where there's expectations that need to be set and met. Um, the biggest one is with staff. I, I always find the biggest energy um, bucket, if you like, in, in any business is how well we manage our expectations with our staff members. And I think those annual um, Valentine's Day flowers in staff world are things like the annual bonus or the annual Christmas party or the annual salary review or all these things that are usually hinged around a, a calendar event. Um, do you find that? Do you find that that's totally. a lot of the heat? That's what a lot of the heat is around expectations uh, in business. While you're talking about this, I was thinking of how many times I have sat with the people who run their businesses and they've told me what's going on. And you're thinking, I'm thinking to myself in the coaching session, you haven't managed expectations here. Yeah. How, how much time spent unpacking someone's mm. expectations and getting them back to a reasonable level of what is expected and what is unexpected? Well, and, and sometimes it's, it's those little things like the, like the coffee and the shortbread. It's sometimes as absurd as we are in our complex minds as humans, 
It's sometimes just those little things that almost send relationships into an irretrievable tailspin because there's an experience that gets wrapped around it and, and usually an emotion that gets wrapped around it and then all the self-talk and then everything else that goes with it that will often or not justif- justify why you felt so crappy that someone didn't give you um, a Christmas party or a, a thank you note or whatever it was. When your expectation doesn't get met, it, it, you can, we can unpack these in um, some quite silly ways. Yeah, that's true. That is absolutely true. Um, I was thinking as you were talking about the annual or six-monthly review, and I try and get clients off that and have much more regular reviews and ones that are slightly spontaneous. So uh, to that point, it doesn't mean they inflict a review on a staff member without telling them. They do tell them, but it's not actually a regular calendar thing. An annual review or a six-monthly review is loaded with bear traps of expectation. Unless, unless you set the expectation with, that often happens in a lot of uh, corporate environments or indeed government environments, whereby the, the salary review is usually linked to a, an annual percentage, whether it's CPI or just an, it's a an flat annual uh, percentage, and that's what happens every year. So there, there, there are ways to handle it because at least pe- people can handle not getting great news as long as you, you set the expectation that that's, what, that's potentially which way it could go. It's when you set an expectation that something's going to happen and it doesn't happen. And this is the trap for managers and, and business owners. Um, and the big, one of the biggest ones, and I know we're, we're on staff, but if I move sideways a little bit on this one, one of the biggest traps that I've encounter in expectation setting in the business environment is that one where you've highlighted uh, an up-and-comer in the business and this experience has happened a number of times um, to to people that, that you know family and friends that I know of as well as I've seen it you know dozens of times in clients I've worked with where there's an they've been earmarked as a future leader of the business they've been earmarked once they're a leader they're they're a future equity holder in the business or a stakeholder a partner in the business and then there's an expectation set that that you will be brought into the ownership of the business at some point or by this date or whatever it is and so many times i see those conversations peter out into this nebulous uh discussion that that drags out over a longer period of time without expectations being met along the way and what it does is that someone's got this now this expectation that i'm going to be a part owner in this business and there's going to be some sort of succession event and if that doesn't get met you might as well have fired that person when you first brought it up because that's effectively now what you've got in your organization someone who's so right there is I've, i've actually experienced exactly what you described just then and what that person does is gets up and leaves eventually. Yep. After, after a long period of undermining. Yeah. After a long period of dissatisfaction, undermining, and generally probably lower than preferable performance. Yeah. Yeah. So I always find that that's, that's a big one in that if we put it in the staff bucket, there's, the, there's expectation settings around reviews and, and bonuses and Christmas parties and all that sort of stuff. And then there's those ones around, you know, future ownership opportunities. And, and the, I guess the hard thing, and we always say that it's hard being a business owner, 
And I think in one of the previous ones we mentioned, you know, owning a business is, business is a blood sport in a way because there's often plenty of blood left on the floor. Um, it's incredibly, uh, it's incredibly joyful. Yeah, and absolutely. It's incredibly difficult. But it's well, both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, absolutely right. And and the hardest things in in the business owner's journey generally is that the first part of it is is making some sort of bank so that you've got enough financial clout behind you to keep the business going and and try and hit some of those um, business growth and financial rewards you're looking for. But ask any business owner who's been at it for a while. Their, their job title almost shifts to, you know, full-time personnel manager, full-time staff management, human resources management, all that sort of stuff. And if we can work out ways in which to handle expectations better and just have those honest conversations and, and make sure we're upfront and honest with them and, and see it through. Anything that we promise we have to see through, um, then, then realistically it takes a lot of that hurt off, the t- off that future hurt off the table. It's interesting you say that about the succession thing. I was dealing with a business, uh, it was a little while ago now, and there was a guy in the business who'd been there for quite a while. And there were three people, all, all of a similar age group, and all of them were potentially going to become directors. But this particular person, this one particular person, just wasn't performing. In fact, his attitude was pretty bad. He hadn't been promised anything at this stage. It just was potential on the table, and he just wasn't, I don't know what was going on with him. He was just all over the place. You could see it. And, of course, the other two, they moved him quicker than him. And his firstly, his energy just went west. He became quite disruptive, understatement, see understatement. Yes. And he eventually left. It was, And he'd been there for ages. And then I bumped him. I bumped into him in town after that in his new business where he was working. And he was just ecstatically happy. Different person. Yeah. Well, was that any expectation that was missed or was it just that the other people outperformed him in, in that period? Uh, good, really good question. It wasn't an expectation that they'd intentionally missed. It was one that he had built himself. Yes, interesting. And this happens. Um, you know, he'd gone, oh, well, they're in and it's been talked to me about this, so obviously I'm in. I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. Right. And it just hadn't been managed. It had never actually been put in writing to him and never actually, no one had actually said, yes, she will be a director and an owner of this business. But of course, the events that had unfolded before that led him to believe that it was actually the case. I think succession is one of the ones where this comes wildly unstuck. Yes. And, and the other thing around succession as well is when you build up expectation around um, what your business is worth. <laughs> you you build up expectation around you know what are the terms of of if you're looking at a trade sale or, or a management buyout or something like that. Sometimes you know not sometimes all the time we build up an expectation of of you know the riches that are going to befall us once this deal goes through, and then all of a sudden you start dealing with the the person on the other side of the table, and they're trying to pay as little for it as possible. You're trying to get them to pay as most as possible, and all the while, expectations get missed all throughout that whole process, which if you speak to anyone who's been in a business sale situation, unless it's one of those ones where you've come up with a fancy new app and some, you know, Google or Apple walks in and says, I'll give you $400 million for it. Yeah, every, it the check on the table. Yeah, nearly every uh, business trade sale that, uh, that I've ever seen or, or been a part of, at some point, one of the parties doesn't feel like they've, they've actually had their expectation met. 
Of course, um, you're so right with that. Of course, the best outcome is if both of them are unhappy. <laughs> no, it is. You know, you've, you've hit the right, you're yeah. on the right money. But I went through this actually really recently with an architect. Mm. Um, and I, there was a, this was a really good case of expectation unpacking. He had two senior architects in his business that was hoping that they would purchase the business from him. He'd had loose discussions with them. He'd also been paying them a fairly healthy um, bonus every year. Now, in his head, that bonus was for them to buy back the business, to go uh, towards buying back the business. In his head being the operative. In his head. Yeah. In his head. And in their head, it hadn't been. And one of them had squirreled it away and one hadn't. So when he came <laughs> one, back... One of them went and bought a Lambo. <laughs> not quite. One of, well, one of them got separated from his wife and that put okay. a bit of a hole in things. So when he came back to say, here's the price of the business and A, I'm not giving you a bonus anymore because I've already given you a bonus for five years. So that's half of the value of the business and the other half you have to come up with. Yeah. Well... He got it over the line eventually because he'd been extremely generous to them. He really had. He'd been actually a really benevolent dictator, shall we say. Yes. And it was a fair deal. And okay. looking at the deal, you go, you guys are nuts if you don't take this on. But it took a lot of talking, a lot of coaching from me, a lot of work from their accountant to say, look, you've got to understand this business makes money. You're getting to buy it in. You're getting to buy in for a reasonable price. And you're just mad if you don't. And it was extraordinary. This took, I think this took probably, oh, maybe five or six half-day coaching sessions over a very long period of time. To get I was going to say, time. what was the period of time at, when we talk about expectations? What was the expected period of time that this transaction was going to occur compared to what it turned out to be? Oh, I was expected it would be about three months from, mm -hmm. from giving these two guys all the documents. Um, it wasn't. And interestingly, someone ran late with the documents. That is a bit critical because once you've got everyone lined up and they're emotionally, which is probably the bigger part of this, ready to go, you've got to have all the documents because they'll come off the boil really quickly and start to question what they're doing. Yeah. Well, they didn't have the documents ready. They did get them ready. But I think it took probably six months, really. And your role was more, I guess, facilitating in a way, wasn't it? Probably trying to bring two people together. Well, I talked to the, the two incomers a lot because they, they wanted someone who was external to the business. They liked the guy that owned the business. Everyone liked everyone. This was not, it was, wasn't acrimonious at mm. all, but um, yeah. eventually got them there. Well, that's a good outcome in the end, but you can see that when, when you think about something that was expected to last three months, then last six, there's, there is a um, fallout from that in the business. There's, yeah. focus, there's lack of focus. There might be a little bit of energy that gets exchanged in, in, a, in not an entirely positive way. Uh, there's probably, you know, people losing a little bit of sleep over, over it all. You know, it's very hard um, to front up for work and be effective in your role when you've got a lot of this stuff going on in the background as well. Yeah, when it's whirling around in your head, it is. When I think about your question about how long did it take, it actually took two years. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, but that was from the very first chit-chat. Well, this is was my point before as well. If you don't follow through, yeah. If you don't follow through quickly, and it seems like these guys did, and probably had the conversation early, early-ish in the piece. Um, but if you don't, if you start the conversation and then wait two years, it can get to a point where, uh, like you said before, someone might up and leave. 
Neither of these guys did because they'd be really hard pushed to get a better job than the one they had. Yeah. Quite frankly. Oh, well, that's a good result then. Yeah, it was a good result. It was. So um, tell me, tell me a little bit about. So we've spoken a little bit about expectations, um, just generally, and and no doubt anyone listening can can talk no end about expectations. And one of the examples I I love using because this will get back to what you mentioned before because I want you to talk us through this matrix that you speak of. Yeah, I've so, just drawn it up while you're talking, actually. So oh, good. just to remind yourself of how to draw a matrix and not yeah. call it one four boxes inside one big box. And yeah, anyway. Um, I think one of the best examples, and and this always harks back to my days in the in the uh, automotive dealership environment, and certainly as a, as someone who gets their car serviced, I always try to explain expectations to people when I'm using it in coaching sessions and things like this. Is to say, you know that day at work when your car's in for a service and you're waiting from the call from the mechanic or the service advisor or, or the service manager to say, um, yes, Mr. Eggleston, your car's ready to pick up. Now just imagine that time when you get told that your car's ready to pick up, but when you go and pick it up, imagine that that, that um, mechanic had then just felt like that they, they were going to add, you know, X amount of hundreds of dollars onto the service for stuff that, wasn't set set up at the beginning of the service, but problems that they found along the way. You might need some new tires. The brake uh, disc might have been overly worn. Things that they couldn't tell when you when you book your car in for a standard service. And when most people hear that, they go, "Well, I wouldn't pay. I'd be furious and all that sort of stuff." And I say, "Well, but what is it? Because your car needs it anyway, and you're going to have to pay for it anyway. What's the bit that really ticks you off in that scenario?" And, they, and more often than not, what do they say? Um, I wasn't told. No one told me. And, yeah. and that's usually all it is. It's it, expectations. I always compartmentalize them as it's just an energy exchange. It's, it's how we feel when we're um, geared up for something or when we get hit with something that we didn't see coming. And, and it works both ways as well because you can be delighted with expectations as, as much as you can actually be quite ticked off. By you it. can be delighted with expectations and I will discuss that in the little matrix I alluded to a while yeah. ago in a minute. Yeah. yeah. So if you flip that example around, it's, it's if, if all of a sudden you got a call a couple hours after dropping your car off and someone said, Hey, Mr. Eggleston, just letting you know service, the, the standard service for booked in is for is complete. We've found X, Y, and Z that also needs to be done. Would you like to like us to go ahead? Then you've got a choice. At that you point. do have a choice. And you know what? I would be delighted because I think, well, part of me goes, instantly I go, are these guys making work for themselves? But if I know them and I've had my car service there quite a bit, I'd go, no, they're not. Mm. And then I would be delighted because they're doing their job properly. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's that energetic exchange that often comes from either a lack of communication or um, over communication or, or just, you know, uh, correct communication, probably correct communication. Yeah. yeah. So th tell us about, tell us about this, uh, this matrix you use. Okay. Well, well, I will tell you about it, but the heading that goes above it all is managing energy. Yeah. And that is because when people's expectations go West, you have a serious amount of energy management to do. Yeah. So um, I'll describe it see if I can do this by describing it fairly accurately. If you have a square 
and you divide it into four equal parts. So there's four boxes inside that square now. Um, across the top is expected and unexpected on either side of the vertical line. and The columns, if you will. Yes, the columns. And down the side is do and don't on either side of the horizontal line, understanding that we've got a cross in the middle of the square to make four equal parts. Yep. So you, you are now speaking as someone who's a very, very attuned um, feelings communicator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and you have done anything but to describe the thing you're trying to... <laughs> you made it overly complex. So okay. we're talking about columns and rows here, are we not? We are talking about columns and rows. We are uh, the columns are as as I'm drawing this mentally as 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 you described. So <laughs> the columns at the top we've got expect and unexpect. Expected, oh, yeah, and yeah. and in the rows we've got do and don't. Don't, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Thank you. So if you do deliver something that is expected to someone, yep. energetically they're neutral. Yep. I drop my car in for a service and you service my car. Yeah, I wrote you a check and I'm leaving absolutely neutral because you did what you said you'd do yep. and it's all good. Yep, my energy doesn't really change up or down. One no, it yeah. yep. If you don't deliver something that is expected, your energy can go through the floor a little bit or a huge amount depending on what it was. And the inconvenience or the whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so so if, I, if we just roll out this example, I drop my car in for a service, you hand it back, you take the take the payment for it, and then you say, uh, Mr. Pesamenti, uh, just to let you know, you're going to have to come back for part X, Y, and Z. We didn't have it on. It's going to take two weeks. You, we're going to have to do this all again. Yep. And you let me know that as I'm picking it up, and that way I'm really annoyed now. You are really annoyed? Yep. Because you've got to organise to get your kids to school that morning because you're going to have to drop your car in and you're thinking, yeah. oh, God, I've got to drop my car in. Big car again and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, now if, you, if you're if you an employee, you don't do something they expect, the same thing happens, only worse. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people turn up to work with a lot of emotions going on and a yeah. lot of energy. If you're not making a widget, if you're in a service business, pretty much you're turning up with your energy every day. Yeah. In other words, your ability to do your job in a meaningful and fulfilling way. So that's the expected. So if something's unexpected, this is where it gets quite interesting. Um, and you do something for someone that they didn't expect. And this can be a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, I was ordering a coffee the other day and it wasn't, it wasn't just it was pretty pretty average coffee, but I was happy to drink it. Mm -hmm. And I said to the waitress as she went by, um, she said, "How is it?" And I said, "Oh, I drink coffee there a lot." And I said, "Look, this is not your best coffee, but I'm okay." Mm. She went straight and made me another coffee and didn't charge me. Yep. I went, "Well, I'm really happy with that." Got another coffee. Now this is a small example, but just energetically, I went, "Wow, that's good." To stick to the metaphor we've got going, I had my car serviced a while ago and it needed new windscreen wiper blades and I'd forgot to tell them that it did and they put them on and they didn't charge me. And I went, wow. How good did you feel because of that? Very good. Yeah. And now, that, like you said, it doesn't take a lot, does it? No, no. And this is um, one of the offshoots of delivering what you say you're going to do or doing unexpected things. It's great for referral. Yeah. So I'll come to that in a minute. Um, so. If you don't do something that's unexpected, of course, you didn't 
expected. You didn't get it, so your energy's neutral. Yeah, so it's just like a, a it's null, that box. Yes, yeah, it is. Yep. But where I, and I think you probably do the same as I do here, is where all this hinges is in languaging. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking while you were talking a little while ago when I used to work in advertising, and a client would give you a brief, a bizarre brief, and they'd say, we want it in three days' time, <laughs> whatever you were doing, and you'd think, oh, my God, there's going to be a couple of really late nights here and blah, 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 blah. And you do it, as was often the case. Next job you get for them, from them, well, you did the last one in three days, so yeah. this one's three days too. Now you've got a precedent. And now you've got a precedent. You said an expectation. What I used to do is sometimes ring up the client and say, do you really need this in three days? And that, Or say yes, initially. Mm-hmm. A few more questions in the conversation, and you find that they actually didn't need it in three days. And doesn't that annoy you? Uh, that really does annoy you. Or you do it in three days, as they requested, and then you'd say, okay, we're ready to present to you. Yep. And then they'd say, oh, I can't make a meeting for three days now. And, and, all, and, and, and then exactly, all of these are still just examples. They're all just examples of expectations being missed because um, it, via the communication from the um, sellers or the, you know, the, the vendor's perspective in that situation is to realistically find out what is the real timeline here. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was exactly it. And sometimes they'd be a bit coy about giving you the real timeline. And when you got it, when you asked enough questions, yeah. they would relent and say, no, that isn't the real timeline. Yeah. And of yeah. course, then you've got a lot more time. You do a better job. Everyone's happy. Expectations are matched on either side, client and supplier. Yep. All good. You know what really jumps out for me in, in that matrix that you described before? The one that you, you had trouble drawing. Yeah, yeah. Um, This is the one thing that I always take from it. Every time I see it, and I I just always learn a little bit more about it. And if you look at those columns you've got, you've got expected and unexpected across the top. Um, If you flip that around from the business's perspective, so you're a service business or you're selling widgets or whatever it is, and you look at those columns and you, you change them to things like, the standard things we do for our customers. So the things they expect as standard, bare minimums sort of stuff. Yep. Yep. And the column column of unexpected is the extras that they that we could do for them. So you're looking at um, from a customer service perspective, we, we deliver these things, our standards as a bare minimum and our extras as the herbs and spices that we can put on top to, you know, create that energetic Lift uh, energy. Yeah. The very, very interesting thing is when I speak to businesses around this sort of stuff, and you put it up on the board, and you get and you generate a bit of a discussion because usually you've you've brought it up around a customer service um, exchange or or a staff management exchange within inside the business. You look at the standard column and the extra column, and regardless of whether you do or don't do them, I always like to ask the question: Where do you spend most of your life? as an organization trying to fulfill the bare minimum requirements that our customers pay for or trying to add the herbs and spices that actually, um, you know, take the relationship above and beyond. And to, to a business over the last 15, 16, 17 years, they all say we spend probably 100% of our time and effort and energy in delivering upon standards, delivering upon the things that are expected. 
in that first column of your example. And the really interesting thing is when you extrapolate and you say you either do it and it's neutral or you don't do it and it's down. It's, it's low energy or poor energy or, or a heated exchange, if you like. So here's the real thing that hits people like a slap in the face is that we spend 100% of our working lives trying to get our customers to feel neutral about us at best. We spend 100% of our working lives trying to get our staff to feel neutral about us at best. And this is the real power behind looking at it in this simple matrix format that, that you describe, is because you have to hit all those neutral aspects before you can get someone to feel good about you. It's, it's, no, good, it's no good overcooking your steak and then offering a free round of, free round of pork at the end of the meal and hoping everyone goes away happy because they're going to remember that you stuffed up the steak. Does that make sense? Oh, perfect sense. So um, just to take that a little bit further, how do you flip them to getting off the standards so they're only delivering things that keep their client neutral at best? How, how, do, we, how do we keep them delivering? No. Um, so if they only ever deliver what's expected, they'll have clients that are neither happy nor sad. Yeah. Well, you don't really want sad or unhappy clients, but they'll be just neutral clients. Yep. Do you at any point shift them to delivering things, the herbs and spices? Yeah. But the, the first thing is really to say, how well do we deliver upon this, the expectations as a, as a minimum? And there's cool. Another, yep, yep. There's, there's another way to look at this is, is that... Um, I did a bit of work with, with another consultant who looked at this in a bit of a different way and he looked at it as, as a ladder approach. And, and the way that he, he described this was um, he, he looked at it in terms of uh, handling requests and offering suggestions. So essentially saying that the requests are the standards. So when your clients ask for something or when you've promised them something of part of your service or when or your product has to have certain um, features and benefits to it that work all the time. That's the request. The request is that, that everything you do for your client works or is on time or you give them a solution all the time. So you handle their requests. It's not until you handle their requests that you can offer suggestion. So this is more about a, a, a business development context, if you like, or how you actually um, you know, build the client, um, the client value within your business. So it's very hard for, for a business to make a suggestion to a client when in the back of that client's mind is saying, well, why would I take on that suggestion when I ask you for something simple and you can't even deliver upon that? Oh, this is such a good point you make, Chris. Um, I had a financial advisor who I was coaching and they did exactly what you said. They got the unexpected herbs and spices right and mm. the standards they hardly ever got right. Yeah. And I would go in my head, why am I taking you up on this, you know, offering me theatre tickets or something at a reduced price or whatever it happened to be? I'm not interested. You're not yeah. doing what you said you'd do as yeah. a basic. It's so, it's so spot on. And we, we catch ourselves. I mean, there's a lot of businesses that do this all the time. You know, Why don't we invite those guys uh, to the football or why don't we take these guys out, um, you know, for, out to a movie and a, and a dinner one night? And, and you look through your client base and then often, more often than not, the context around that is actually remedial, remedial energy rather than actually, you know, putting them into that, that really gooey feeling about your business <laughs> because 
at some level, we know we haven't hit upon the, on the, on the standards. And, and this is what I talk to businesses all the time about is to say that if you look at that first column around things that are expected, you have to get your expectations right. So get, get that little, get that column out and saying, well, in any particular context, whether it's with our staff or whether it's with, it, with our customers, what are their expectations of us? Get, get the 5, 10, 15, whatever those things are that, that are part of your promise to them, get them out, make sure you hit them. Yeah, on that point, on that very point, sometimes when you're with your clients, you can say, what is the critical thing for you or the two or the three critical things? Along with all the standard expectations, what are the knockout events for you? Yeah, what are the ones that if you miss them, that pretty much blow all your credibility and trust? Yeah, yeah. and maybe there's two sometimes. It's it's not often along this. And then you can look at how do we then add that that real transformational experience with our client base in that extras column in that in that unexpected column how do we give them how do we delight them how do we give them something that just they didn't see coming um i think it's worth noting at this stage that in the delighting unexpected column if you are going to do something for your client that you wouldn't ordinarily do and you aren't you don't tell them you're going to do it and you do it you have to have a lot of dialogue around that with your client saying, we don't normally do this. We may never do it again, but we really value you as a client. We like you as a client. And so here is X. Yep. You can't just give them X because then you'll just turn that into an expected. Yep. That's yep. right. Because yep. otherwise, if they find out next year that you took a bunch of other people on that same um, cruise trip. or dinner or fishing trip or, or footy tickets or whatever they are, and they didn't get invited, well, then there's no context around why they didn't get invited this time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think you can, yeah, go on. I th- you can take this matrix and have expected and unexpected and just put client service next to it, as you ex- ex- were really explaining then, and yep. use it for here's what we have to deliver against, here's what we might deliver. Yep. And it's really good exercise to do that with your client. Yeah, well, it, it also becomes part of, you know, you look at uh, professional services businesses where they talk about their, their SLAs, you know, their, their service level agreements and all this sort, sort of stuff. If these are the things that actually go into those um, you know, service agreements, for your fee level, this is what you get. You know, and sometimes it's as simple as that, but it doesn't always just have to be a bunch of things. It could be, you know, it could be, for your service level, this is all the, the herbs and spices you get. It could be anything like that. I always think a great example of, of this, and this is where I, I like to um, uh, just send people uh, away and do a bit of research on this. It's always, I always find it quite <coughs> that a lot of the, um, you know, the professional sports clubs in Australia, so whether it's you know, NRL teams or AFL teams or the A-League teams, wh- whatever they are, if you jump onto their website and click on their members page tab, what you see there is a really good example of, of standards and extras in play. As in, you know, these expectations and the things that might be unexpected. Because what you do is that they basically say, for this fee this year or for this membership level, you get all this stuff. And that's, that's what we deliver to you. You get all this stuff. Then outside of that throughout the year, if you take up these, these various packages, then you might get the email in your inbox saying, because you are an XYZ member um, at whatever level you are, 
uh, we're hosting a members cocktail event or we're um, offering you discounted tickets to a corporate box because, uh, you know, for loyalty, whatever it is. Very, very clear standards get set out. But like you said before, the extras are unadvertised. You can't let people know the extras are coming. But when it's a a standard, then then it's a standard. But when they do come, you also have to give it some context. You do. Exactly. It's a lovely way to explain it is you give a context as in this doesn't happen all the time. It's a one off. Yeah. Or, or, or thanks for, thanks for being a client for five years or um, thanks for helping us out when we stuffed up that you didn't make it. You didn't make us really feel the pain. We know you were in pain, but you didn't make us feel the pain. So for that, we're going to look after you. Right there, right there is where if you get this right, your clients will cut you a huge amount of slack. Yeah, absolutely. Any other, any other sort of bits that we, uh, we need to discuss on this particular topic? Are there, oh, are there any areas that we haven't picked up on? No, but I was just thinking of a slightly amusing area where I have a doctor, you know, when mm-hmm. I have a cold or something, you go and see, I have a doctor I particularly like, a woman. Mm-hmm. But my expectation is she is never on time. Yeah. By not being on time, I don't mean 15 minutes. I have sat in there surgery for 45 or 50 minutes which deeply irritates me i feel like giving them a bill for my time yeah so now i said to the reception this is really giving me the shits what can we do here she said (laughs) okay next time you make an appointment ring up an hour before your appointment and we'll i'll tell you if she's running on time or not now not (laughs) ideal but at least it helps me manage better Well, it helps you manage your own expectations better, but wouldn't it be better if the service provider acknowledged that this is an issue and they took it upon themselves to manage that expectation? Well, they have had a crack at it. They have had a crack at it. It's a bit better. It's still not perfect. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Well, I used to have the same thing with a a local um, sort of sports injury clinic where they do, you know, physio and myotherapy and chiro and massage, all that sort of stuff. And they they were exactly the same. I've walked out of their their waiting room a few times, and then they've they've taken upon they must have been getting a lot of feedback about it because they've taken it on um, to to shift that themselves. That if you're waiting for longer than fifteen minutes, um, that they I think from what it is now they they give you the option to wait and then receive a voucher for your next visit. Or, or something else happens. I can't remember what it was, but, but they've actually managed that themselves. And you know what it's done? It's actually got their people to be a lot more on time. Yeah. And I was wondering about this doctor of mine, which is a good, actually, I'm there, just to go back to that, that's quite a reasonable solution. Not ideal, but not bad. Hmm. But I was thinking, why do they not, why do they get it so wrong all the time? How can they be that inaccurate? <laughs> why don't they just put more time around each appointment? They'll still end up with the same number of appointments because they'll take out it the time they take. Do you want me to take, give you the answer? Yeah, I do. Because they're dealing with human beings, mate, and humans are the worst, as Jerry Seinfeld said. <laughs> I watched a, a, a show of Jerry Seinfeld the other night. On, oh, God, it was funny. It's still, I still get a laugh out of that, you know. He, he was bloody sharp. Very sharp. <laughs> Might be slightly tragic watching old Jerry Seinfeld shows, but he was good. Um, I think we've pretty much covered that. Um, I, I'm not sure. Well, as we say, we traditionally say now at the end of everything, we probably haven't covered nearly 
10% of it. We could go on all day. This could be could. its own right. Yeah, um, I think on that point, Chris, I would say that our role in life is to simplify the complex quite often, which we do quite well. If you or I were to draw up this little matrix, as I said in the beginning, when you draw it up and say this is how it works, people's mouths go, drop on the floor and go, that is so simple but so powerful. And you know what? Uh, for the kids playing at home, just draw it up yourself, get your team around and draw those energetic states in each of those boxes, neutral energy, down energy, up energy, however you want to describe it, and then ask yourselves questions, shift the context of, of, of the matrix, say, from a customer service perspective, how do we stack up? From a staff management perspective, how do we stack up? From an internal communication perspective, how do we stack up? And you'll start to see um, some, some holes in your expectations and energy management, and you'll start to see where you, where you really thrive as well. And, yeah. and, and it, just, it just helps you, uh, you know, take that next, next conversation next time you get your team together. And I'll add one last one in there. Does your marketing match what you deliver? Yep. Again, you, you can run this across everything. Expectations everything is, it's right across the board. Well, Chris, I won't be talking to you for a while because you'll be romping around Italy. Bastard. No, I won't be romping. I think I'll be swanning. Yeah, swanning. A little bit uh, of mincing, but a lot of swanning. <laughs> yes. Um, so a, a good topic there, and I, I, we have covered it, and I would just like to say to any of the listeners out there, remember that what got you here won't necessarily get you where you want to go. Good on you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. See you, buddy.